And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I am sitting in a cat tree in the house where I am living. I am waiting at the counter for the man to give me breakfast. And he doesn't seem to notice that I'm hanging in the kitchen. Need to get his attention so he knows that I am hungry. Meow, 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 Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, October 25th, 2023. I'm J.E. Skeets, here in the Classic Factory. To my left, the bearded one, my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Ayo! Ayo! And the man making the magic happen, super producer, J.D. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Shout out to the stream team for joining us live right now on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe, like, comment, share the show. Podcast listeners, Leave your boys a five-star rating and review. Go get your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. Sometimes I forget we have merch. Yeah. Because I've got them all. (laughs) Uh, But go to nodunks.com, especially with the holiday season coming up. Makes a great gift. No Dunks merch. T-shirts, hoodies, hats, mugs. I get my mom a shirt a lot of times. Yeah. You think that's rude? I'm her son. Well, I mean, you get it as a gift? Yeah. No, I bet she loves it. Yeah, she does. Yeah, no, she, she does. does. <laughs> All right, go to nodunks.com. Get something for your moms. Uh, <laughs> send in your questions and comments to nodunks at theathletic.com. Hit us up on Twitter or Instagram or the TikTok at nodunksinc. And hey, join us tonight on Playback. That's playback.tv slash nodunks. That's our room. You can join it. Uh, we're going to fire this up. At 7 p.m. Eastern. Well, I am. I put TK on the graphic here, but I forgot. This guy's going to a John Mayer concert tonight. Yeah, I'll be at Maybach. Mm-hmm. Your body is a wonderland. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to look. Uh, uh, I'll be on playback, excuse me, for the 7 o'clock games. Uh, we'll bounce around a little bit, and then, uh, yeah, it'll be a couple hours. So come hang with me. Solo dolo here. You want me to stream from the concert? I mean, check in. I'm going to absolutely be checking in on games. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll be streaming uh, alongside when John goes to the double bass guitar. John Mayer, NBA fan? Basketball fan? Do we, uh, I Love mean, the spotlight, so he's probably sat courtside at a game. That's what I feel like, yeah. Seems more like a baseball guy to me, though. <laughs> His name's John. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a part of it. Yeah, John Ham. He's a baseball guy. <laughs> that's true. All right, well, join us on Playback tonight, and uh, you never know when TK is going to try and jump on from the John Mayer concert here in Atlanta. But let's get to last night's games. Real NBA basketball was back, and we are going to start with a little It's Just One Game, but... Yeah, let's overreact, and we'll start with the first game. The Nuggets started their NBA title defense with an emphatic 119-107 win over the Lakers on Tuesday night. Trey, get us started. It's just one game, but... It's just one game, but Nikola Jokic is going to win his third MVP. It's supposed to be an overreaction, Skeets, but this one is possibly true. Yeah, it could be. 
Still good. Nikola Jokic, it turns out, after the championship, after the finals MVP, comes in, drops an easy 29 points, 13 rebounds, 11 assists on the Lakers. 12 of 22 from the line, 3 of 5 from 3, a measly 2 of 4 at the free throw line. (laughs) I was trying to think of an analogy for Nikola Jokic, the way he just steadily produces and accumulates stats. I was like, he's either a human metronome, you know, just keeps ticking. Okay, I don't mind that. Or sounded like a horse, <laughs> <laughs> a horse metronome. Uh, allow me to change my opinion there. Uh, or maybe he's like a sticky hand. You know, you drop a sticky hand on the ground, and you can't believe everything it pulls up. You drop it on the ground again, even more stuff. Right. How is this possible? That's what it's like with Jokic. The numbers just keep piling up yeah. for this guy. It doesn't feel like he's playing incredibly well when he's stacking up these numbers against a guy. Uh, <laughs> Like Anthony Davis, but now, after last night, 106 career triple-doubles for Jokic in the regular season. He's one behind LeBron. This is season 21 for LeBron James. He was the guy that we looked at at the beginning of his career and said, maybe someday he could uh, average a triple-double for a season. Obviously, LeBron is a walking triple-double, but Jokic is a slowly walking, (laughs) even more so triple-double. He's going to pass LeBron this season. That's amazing stuff. And speaking of LeBron... They got it close in the fourth quarter. Uh, The Lakers did. LeBron hit a three. I think it was a three-point game. Jokic checks back in. Seven points, five assists in the fourth quarter. As long as he was on the court, there was no chance the Nuggets were going to lose. I think he said afterwards, it felt like we were in control the whole time. That's because he was in control the entire time. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think John Hollinger had a tweet last night speaking to that. He said, a lot of Nuggets games are fake close. Like this, like that one last night. Non-Jokic minutes will give you hope. But if you don't have the lead when Jokic checks back in for that final time in the fourth, you're dead. It feels like that in a lot of Nuggets games, especially at home. And you're right. I like those analogies for Jokic. He also feels like just like water to me. It's inevitable. You can't Mm. stop it. It's like it's so powerful. It's so powerful. Water scares me. When you own a home, it's the most terrifying thing. Water. Oh, my God. Hey, get in anywhere. You can't stop it. Paul in the stream team is echoing your sentiments. He said he's like a leaky faucet. Yes. Doesn't seem like much, but you look at the water bill and say, damn. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> totally true. It's so true. Yeah, he was incredible. And look, it's only one game. Uh, he is the MVP frontrunner. Sure. Booker maybe right there. We'll yeah. get to the Suns game later. But yeah, like... He almost averaged a triple-double last year. What did he finish, a 9.8 assists per game? Just under 10. It's definitely in play. And he doesn't even feel like he had a dominant game. That's the That's the crazy part. And that's when you're on that superstar level, like your LeBrons and other guys, uh, you know, current and, and from years past, where it's like, what? He didn't have a good game. And you're looking at the box score like... That's one of the greatest lines still like you can have. <laughs> yeah. How is that possible? So, yeah, he was dominant. All right, let's keep it going then. Uh, I will go. It's just one game, but Anthony Davis's Halloween costume, very realistic. Here's what I mean by that. We've seen some great NBA player Halloween costumes mm-hmm. before. We saw LeBron as Freddy Krueger, Steph Curry as Jigsaw, uh, John Wall as Hot Pizza Man from Blue Streak. <laughs> that one's underrated. But, man, none better then Anthony Davis's ghost costume from last night in game one of the NBA season. He straight up disappeared in the second half. And it was very realistic. Yeah. Um, he was awesome in the first half. 17 points. Like, you know, he wasn't slowing or stopping Jokic, but he was giving a lot back on the other end. Like I said, 17 points. And then in the second half, over. No points in the final two quarters. He only took six field goal attempts. And the offense stalled specifically when LeBron was on the bench. 
that's not going to work here for the Lakers, you know, in the regular season and then especially in the playoffs. Again, it's just one game. I'm sure AD will bounce back, but that was, ooh, that was a tough pill to swallow for Lakers fans going, this is the year AD is going to be flirting with an MVP. Defensive player of the year, he's going to take over for LeBron. LeBron's going to get to rest a little bit more, which he didn't. We'll get to. But no, he's got to like, he has to take over. And you see this too many times from AD, unfortunately. Yeah, I was fired up watching AD in the first half. I thought he looked incredible. He's putting his head down. He was looking much faster uh, than any other big guys out there. Jokic specifically played an incredible game, but you looked at the box score and you're like, one rebound, that's odd. So halftime comes. He does take six shots in the second half, just wasn't able to get any to go, but the aggression wasn't there. He did pull down seven rebounds, which was helpful, was passing the ball okay, but the Lakers need AD to play at a near MVP level specifically when LeBron is off the court, yeah. and we're going to get into LeBron's minutes in a little bit here. Uh, but if Davis isn't able to command the offense when LeBron is sitting, that means it's going to fall on a guy like D'Angelo Russell, who had 11 points on 12 shots last night and was kind of the D'Angelo Russell you expect yes. out there. Yes. So, yeah, a disappointing second half uh, for Anthony Davis, and I'm glad you explained that this is a metaphorical ho- Halloween costume because yeah. I was like – I was searching everything, man, trying to find Anthony Davis's Halloween costume this year. I know Pascal Siakam's had his party. I couldn't find anything for Anthony Davis, but it this is a, a metaphorical ghost. costume. A ghost, the invisible man. I or mean, you, could, uh, you could also say he was uh, Bruce from Survivor doing the disappearing man bit on the boat. <laughs> Go check out the no I'm, I'm gone. Yes. Oh, wait, I'm back. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, HP Basketball, a ruthless tweet about AD last night. Welcome to year four of waiting for Anthony Davis to be the best player on the Lakers in the moments they need him and not against small ball lineups in January. Oof. Got him. Ouch. Uh, but these are the same complaints here that people have consistently had with AD throughout his entire career. That Specifically that lack of aggression at times and the takeover ability, um, which didn't show up in the second half. And, you know, Jokic sort of punked him there. Again, the first half they were going back and forth. Like, he was giving it back to the Joker. He was scoring oh, yeah. on him. Oh, yeah. 17's no joke. And then, uh, yeah, just nothing there. And he talked about it. I got to shoot more. I gotta, he said all the right things, but rough second half from him. A big reason why they lost this one. Uh, let's get to the final one for this game. What do you got? It's just one game, but LeBron is load managing? Mm, was that a question? I guess that was a question the way I phrased <laughs> it, but maybe it deserves a period, Skeets. LeBron is load managing. 29 minutes for LeBron James last night on night one of the NBA season. He's played under 30 minutes in a regular season game 78 times. Now, that is almost an entire season of basketball, but when you're grading on the LeBron yeah. curve, uh, it's not quite the same. Usually, for LeBron, under 30 minutes a game means a blowout or the rare case that he's in foul trouble or something, picks up an injury. Uh, yeah. Last season, 35 and a half minutes per game. Obviously, at the end of the season, he had the foot injury. It really affected him in the playoffs. So the Lakers are optimizing for the postseason starting now. But it was kind of strange uh, just to see LeBron on a minutes restriction, which Darvin Ham said will continue throughout the season. We'll see if it stays this low. But six to seven minute bursts for LeBron. I guess he played eight uh, in the fourth quarter. Had a bunch of layups. So he looked pretty he looked great energized in transition. when he was yeah. out there. Yeah, he looked really, really Holy. strong, just bumping guys out of yeah. the way, easy dunks, that kind of thing. The jumper wasn't there, hit the 1-3. But yeah, it's uh, weird to see LeBron go into the Tim Duncan plan. Like, at the end of Tim Duncan's career, he was awesome when he was on the That's court, but he was also playing like 25 minutes a game. It just never felt like that would happen uh, for LeBron. But I guess if he wants to play with his middle child, his second son, <laughs> he's got to extend the career even longer than we were expecting. Yeah, this is, uh, I mean, it's one game, but the fewest minutes LeBron has averaged in his career was 33.4 
in the season coming out of the bubble, and that was when the Lakers had the shortest offseason in NBA history. So mm-hmm. that made a little sense with the quick turnaround. But yeah, will we really see LeBron like 28, 29, 30 minutes per game? Is that going to be a plan that Ham implements, that the Lakers can stick to, and that LeBron can stick to? That's the big thing to me because <laughs> if they win, sure. Yep. I'm sure he's happy with it. If they lose games like this and they do not you know, produce when he's on the bench – then this will not last all that long. I will tell you that. He will be back to, you know, 35-plus because he's going to want to get the Ws. But, yeah, after one game. Like, look, this this should be the game plan. The guy yes. is in 21 seasons here. I mean, it's <laughs> Yeah, he's it's nearly nuts. 39. Yes, um, but you're going to need AD to step up and some of these other guys when he's on the bench. You're going to need AD specifically yeah. to step up. Uh, I also didn't think that the Lakers got a ton from Rui Hachimura, who will probably assume a lot of LeBron responsibilities uh, when he's sitting. Gabe Vincent... Made some shots, but I thought it kind of an underwhelming game from him as well. And then, uh, you know, Christian Wood and Cam Reddish, I thought, played decent. Cam Reddish gave pretty solid effort yeah. out there. Wood is a good scoring big off the bench, but if LeBron is sitting, somebody's got to be able to create shots for other people. Nobody was doing that last night. Final thoughts here on this game. Um, what do you think about the Nuggets crowd chanting, who's your daddy, at the end of this one as they put it away to the Lakers? Look, of obviously. course it's funny. I mean, I thought it was great. It was, it was a good chant. It was, you could understand what they were saying. <laughs> yeah, uh, they yeah, really yeah. leaned into it. And, uh, yeah, all the talk, especially from the Lakers side heading into this one, AD even, uh, you know, saying how upset they were and they're going to, like, send a message. And instead the Nuggets fans got to clown them a little bit. It's kind of odd to me, actually, because, like, this comes from Vic Lombardi introducing Michael Malone yes. as the Lakers' daddy. Yes, it's true. Nothing to do with the players. Yeah, Malone players didn't say it. Yeah. Malone didn't say it. Yeah. It's just the broadcaster yeah. uh, that said it. But uh, the Lakers just are going to have to deal with it. And you saw uh, Jamal Murray saying, look what you started, man, talking to Mike Malone. Now we got to go on the road and deal with this? That'll be the problem <laughs> when they are finally, like, not into their own barn and having to deal uh, with the Lakers fans. But, you know, when LeBron came back from the 3-1 deficit against the Warriors, he threw a Halloween party with Warriors tombstones on it. So I can't be too upset. No. Right? No, for sure. Uh I thought the Lakers tired a little bit as this game went on there uh, in the fourth quarter and the Nuggets sort of found their legs. We, we were talking about duos. Remember, we ranked them. We did the tiers. And we had uh, Jamal Murray and Jokic very high. But we, there's been a lot of talk recently about, like, ooh, is Giannis and Dame going to be the greatest, like, pick-and-roll action in the league? It might be, but, man, it's going to be tough to knock off Jokic and Jamal Murray when they got that going. The, you know, the dribble handoffs and the PNR. Like, there was that one in the fourth quarter where it's, Murray and Jokic, pick and roll. Obviously, the Lakers collapse a little bit on Jamal because he's a threat to score, and he had to go in there in the second half. So Jokic gets to the free throw line, ball finds him. Now it's four on three, and you got the greatest passer maybe of all time, at least from a big guy. He just kicks it to Michael Porter Jr., wide open in the weak side, bangs the corner, three, and then timeout because it's like, well, well, that's that's not good. And they could just and they kept going to it. I mean, they are just so dangerous, the two of them mainly because of the ability of Jokic to pass the ball. And just like, did you see that one play? I know it wasn't a pass where Jokic tipped it to himself. It was early in the game, in the first quarter. Like, the ball was going to get picked off. Yep. And this guy realizes it, tips the ball basically just up, like over the defender, grabs it, and like goes from there. It's like, that's just next level thinking, man. And just, just incredible touch. So those two are so dangerous, man. The continuity and the chemistry for the Nuggets was apparent on the very first night of the season. It looked like they picked off Picked up right where they left off uh, last season. 29 for Jokic. Murray had 21-6. and six. That'll get you to the All-Star game. It felt like he touched the ball for two minutes in this game. As soon as he got it, bang. 
a bucket. Uh, KCP, 20 points. Awesome. I thought he was awesome last yeah. night, as was Aaron Gordon. He had 15, hit a big three uh, in the second half. And then Michael Porter Jr., he struggled last night, couldn't find a shot, finished with 12 points, and you got to love 12 rebounds from him yep. as well. So great stuff from the Nuggets starting lineup. They were the best starting lineup in the league last year. They were the best starting lineup through the playoffs. Looks like they're probably the best starting lineup still in the NBA. All right, let's move to um, the Suns and Warriors, the second game last night. I'll get us started. It's just one game, but point book sealed the Suns' victory. Point book, because he was playmaking down the stretch. Um, He was using the threat of scoring, obviously, to assist on Phoenix's final eight points in a tight game here that they got back into in the fourth quarter. In the final 70 seconds, Booker sealed the game with passing. Three consecutive possessions. He found Josh Okogie for a corner three. He found Eric Gordon for a wing three, and then beautiful play with Nurkic on the roll, about 10 seconds left to ice the game. I thought it was a nice finish there from Yusuf Nurkic, too, inside, who had a great game. Um, So, like, this idea, no Beal in this one. They obviously don't have Chris Paul anymore. It's like, who's going to be the point guard? It it was like a mixed bag because there were some bad turnovers from Booker, even right before the final couple of possessions, he had some turnovers. Uh, two ugly ones. Two bad ones, yeah. And uh, I think he finished with six turnovers overall. But eight assists, and he can do this, and especially for for specific moments in a game close. I love, he's just so lethal in the first quarter. If he can set up a game with like, oh, he's got 13 points right away, and all you're thinking now is this guy's attacking, scoring, 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 and then he become more of a playmaker because you got to put two on him and obviously get the ball out of his hands. I thought he made some great passes here, uh, especially the one in the corner there and that one to Nurk. So good stuff there from Point Book. Yeah, he was using the threat of his scoring to yeah. open up shots for other people. I think he said on both of the three-pointers, he was looking to score. He, like, went up to shoot the ball, but then... It was a double team, so we found the open guy. Akogi knocked one down. That was a huge shot yeah. uh, from him. Eric Gordon's going to be a big-time player for the Suns. And then, yeah, you're right. That Nurkic finish was oh. surprisingly athletic. He yeah. looked incredible uh, on that one. I was a little worried for the Suns uh, down the stretch because, like you're saying, it looked like Booker was a little overtaxed when he had those turnovers. Yep. The one where he just lost the ball going left out of bounds, and then like he started breakdancing in the lane on that travel. <laughs> I have no idea how yeah. that, well that happened. Uh, but back-to-back turnovers, basically. But then the patience, the poise to actually find uh, the shooters and find Nurkic for the layup. That was clutch stuff uh, from Devin Booker. And this is what superstar depth is all about. One star is out in Bradley Beal. Yep. Couldn't even make it past game one. <laughs> Come on, guy. Uh, we got another guy struggling in Kevin Durant. Did not have a great shooting night yep. at all. Taking some really tough shots. But you still got Devin Booker, the best of the three, who's making a name for himself once again. Definitely going to be in the mix for MVP this season because if he's still playing with Kevin Durant and scoring 30 a game and having clutch assists, like, that's awesome. Yeah. Durant is going to be happy, I think, to take a little bit of a step back, and Booker's going to carry some. At this point in their careers, like current day, Devin Booker is the best player on the Suns. Yes. He is. I mean, and that is not a knock against Kevin Durant. That's just saying how great Devin Booker is uh, and has been. Like, I'm hearing some other podcasts, like, talk about this idea, like, this might be the year Devin Booker is a top five MVP guy. He already has been, man. (laughs) Might be the year. Two years ago, wasn't he? Didn't he finish fourth? In the MVP vote, like he's been on the short list. Yep. He missed time last year. Um, so it's like I roll my eyes a little bit at that. Like he's done this for a while now. But yeah, awesome first game. 32 points, 8 assists, 6 boards, 13 of 21 shooting, hit 3 threes, 3 of 3 at the line. 6 turnovers, you want to you wanna obviously shore that up. They had 19 as a team, uh, which you know they nearly gave away this game, yeah. if we're being honest. But he was awesome. All right, next one. What do you got for this? It's just one game, but the Warriors can't win without Draymond. Thanks. Another possible not overreaction here. I thought the Warriors looked very small 
last night with Chris Paul in the starting lineup for Draymond Green, who's out with a ankle injury. Basically, three guards in Steph, Chris Paul, and Clay Thompson. Wiggins was playing last night in the starting lineup. He had zero defensive rebounds, one offensive rebound on the night, and then Kevon Looney did his thing. Then you look at the bench, mostly small guys, even their backup center, Dario Saric. He's a small ball center. Kuminga and Moody, I thought, were pretty solid last night, but on the defensive end, the Warriors obviously are missing Draymond's communication and his rim protection and just everything he brings as a defensive player, but just his size and tenacity, I thought, was definitely missing uh, for the Warriors last night, which will be a problem if Draymond's injury extends or if he picks up another one a little bit later in the season. He is still... uh, right behind Steph Curry when it comes to key players for the Warriors. Because on the offensive side, I thought even almost worse, missing Draymond. They looked so stagnant stagnant to me. The third quarter was nice, 40 points, but otherwise 28 in the first quarter and then just 18 in the second quarter, 18 again in the fourth quarter. This is the biggest offensive change that they've had, bringing in Chris Paul, basically since D'Angelo Russell was in town. He was a big-time ball handler, took up a lot of share of the possessions, But Steph Curry only played five games that season. Obviously, D'Lo was traded uh, at the trade deadline. They're going to have to figure things out between Chris Paul and Steph Curry because I think you want to play through Steph Curry a little bit more than they did last night. And once Draymond Green comes back, I think that happens a lot more because there's nobody better at getting Steph open shots than Draymond. No, it will be fascinating to see uh, whether Chris Paul goes to the bench uh, when Draymond comes back to, obviously, the starting lineup. Like, what do they do there? Are they starting Looney alongside him and Chris Paul goes to the bench? I mean, I can't wait to see what they do. But, yeah, this could take some time is what we're getting at here. And it doesn't help that Draymond, an instrumental part to all their success, especially defensively, uh, and playmaking, like you said, and getting Steph open, isn't there. Uh, Yeah, I thought Moody and Kuminga were okay. Kuminga missed two big free throws uh, down the stretch. He bricked those. Um, But overall, not not bad. Uh, And what about Chris Paul in a Warriors jersey? Is it still a... Still strange to you? I know we yeah, saw him in CP3 preseason. CP3 chance, bit. man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that was weird. Uh, 11 turnovers, though, for the Warriors. That's good for them. That's yeah. been one of their bugaboos yeah. throughout the dynasty years. But uh, I don't know. I was checking old. I was checking the tracking data, Skeets. You know it's sicko time if yeah, you're checking yeah. the tracking data. 40 front court touches for Chris Paul, only 20 for Steph Curry. That should be flipped. Wow. Which is why he's going to go to the bench. They talked about it on the broadcast so yeah. much last night that Chris Paul – his ultimate role with this team will be quarterbacking uh, the second unit, which I think helps. And I think as part of the reason you saw the Warriors look so good in the third quarter, Chris Paul was cooking. He yeah. was doing his grifting foul stuff, and the Warriors were loving it. They're like, finally, finally he's grifting someone else, not us. <laughs> he got Kuminga shots. He got Moody shots. That's going to be the value there, uh, I think. But for now, they're just going to have to figure out a way to make it not so much your turn, my turn. Absolutely. All right, final one here from this game. It's just one game, but... The Suns are deep enough. I think we saw it after game one. I think they got enough guys there to go with their superstars, and they were missing Beal, of course, in this one. But you look at the box score, and they got a lot of contributions. Now, I will say, Drew Eubanks, he got the backup center spot Uh, uh, and reps. He started awful. Like, it was... Two moving screens, uh, another turnover, you know, missing defensive uh, rebounds. But then he got it going. He settled into his role, and he gave him seven rebounds, three blocks off the bench. That's good. Watanabe hitting threes. We uh, expect that. Uh, He hit two of them, shot three of five overall. And then, like, Eric Gordon, he was letting it fly. He's going to have a lot of games that are, like, three of nine, three of ten from deep. Uh, He was two of nine in game one. And uh, and then even, like, okay, Grayson Allen got the starter. He's in there because no Beal probably. Brutal. Uh, he was brutal, but he had one big rebound 
where Booker had missed a three and he fought his ass off to tip it, to tip it out and they gave him another possession and actually ended in a Booker three. So he did the little things there. And then Nurk, like we said, Okogi was an incredible seven and nine and the defense, he, you know, he did a pretty good job of like staying as attached as possible to uh, those incredible Warriors guards. I thought he was awesome. I there, There's enough guys here to contribute. And, uh, and that was without Beal. So that's I, the depth. I, I don't know. I don't think it's as big a deal as maybe we made. Uh, if they come through like this, like at least three or four of their guys playing really well. I'm talking the other starters and some of the guys off the bench. I mean, they had seven guys play well. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah, Grayson Allen was very bad. Josh Okogie, great shot. He was uh, at awesome, the end. He I was thought. incredible. And I agree with you. Eric Gordon, I think, is going to be uh, one of the keys to this team. He plays off the ball and he can shoot it from deep, like you're saying. But then one thing that the Suns are going to be lacking at times is somebody who puts their head down and gets to the rim. And Gordon is, was doing that last yeah. night. I thought he was playing downhill uh, quite a bit, but I'm just happy everybody is here to join me on Drew Eubanks' half-acre homestead. He doesn't get a whole island, man. No. It's not possible, but now that he's a tampering candidate, oh, yes. I think it's uh, more people will be joining me on the farmland where we grow our own food. <laughs> the athleticism, the activity, the rim protection. He's going to close some games, I do believe, uh, for the Suns. He's also going to get dunked on quite a bit. And I thought he was going to puke his guts out. In oh, the second half. yeah. He yeah. played like a super long stretch of minutes at very high activity. The guy was flush in the face. You could tell he was over sweaty, I thought. Uh, Ziller had a good note in his newsletter this morning. Uh, the Sun's pace, especially in that first half, it's a nice little wrinkle here uh, that could make this offense even more unstoppable. Like, I liked Phoenix. Like, let's go. Let's yep. push this. And he wondered, Ziller did, is that one of Phoenix's anti Denver wrinkles? You know, try and goad Denver into a bit of a track meet. And, you know, because the Nuggets are brilliant, as we talked about in yep. the half court setting. I mean, you got Jokic and Jamal running PR. They're next to unstoppable. So, I think that's a smart game plan, whether it works or not. We'll see. And Denver doesn't mind to run either, and they've got some athletes, especially in their second unit. But um, no way Jokic yeah. can stick with Eubanks. In the- <laughs> that's right. <laughs> He's the stopper. We have found the Jokic stopper in a track meet of all things, horse meet. Uh, we got some news here right before we take our first break. Sham says on Twitter. Uh, about seven minutes ago, after 10 days away, James Harden has reported back to the Philadelphia 76ers for practice today. He's back. There were rumors going around that maybe he was gone for um, family issues. Maybe there was something uh, wrong with his, uh, I think his mom may have been ill, so hopefully everything's okay there. But yeah, I guess James Harden is back at practice. Is he playing tonight? They don't play tonight, right? They don't play tonight. Oh, no, they, they play. They're they, one of the rare teams that doesn't play. Oh, uh, on Thursday. There you go. Okay, well, we'll find out whether, uh, I guess, Harden is at practice how much he's involved, and then whether or not he's playing uh, Thursday night. I didn't realize they were the one of the teams that weren't playing tonight because basically everybody else is. Yeah, basically everybody <laughs> else is. It's a uh, – all right, so we got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 games last night, another two. Tonight, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's 14, that's 28. <laughs> Philadelphia and Milwaukee, the only teams that haven't played, and they play on Thursday. There you go. When the Eastern Conference truly kicks off. Oh, boy, yes, yeah. yes, yes. So, all right, let's take our first break, and when we come back, a little Is This News. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences, like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, 
Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, still here in the Classic Factory. Like, comment, subscribe. Play your part here in the No Dunks community. Help us out on YouTube. We've got to grow this. Got to get 100K. We need a plaque hanging up behind us. I'm tired of that moose. Tired of looking at that moose over your shoulder. Yeah. I want to see a yeah, YouTube plaque hanging there. You think that's where it's going to go? Yeah, sure. That's a good spot for I'm it, I'm calling actually. it now. I think it's about that size. Maybe a little smaller. No offense, moose. Yeah, no offense. All right. Uh, let's get into Is This News. Is This News. I got some headlines for all of y'all out there. First one from The Athletic, a great website. Go to The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. Get yourself a subscription. Good deal on right now. $1.99 a month for 12 months. Uh, but this headline from The Athletic, Charles Barkley presses Adam Silver on NBA's recent domestic violence incidents. Is this news? And did you see this clip here of I Chuck did. sort of pressing Silver? I did. Uh, I will say this is minor news. I really appreciate Charles Barkley asking this question. Apparently, according to Richard Deitch at The Athletic, this was unscripted. Like, he, they were really supposed to go to commercial. And Charles Barkley hopped in and asked an important question yep. uh, from Adam Silver. Not much of an answer from no, Adam Silver. No, I didn't no, think no. it's probably a tricky situation for him since he's representing the league and there could be legal ramifications for what he says, which is why you heard him talking about alleged incidents. Um, but I totally agree with Charles Barkley that the league should be doing something mostly about Miles Bridges. It's ridiculous that the guy's still around the team and you hear Silver talking about uh, the new domestic violence policies that they have in place. Yep. He should use them. Yeah, I thought he really tried to deflect the question, I guess, Mm -hmm. initially. Because he said something about the league was not in competition with other sports to be at the forefront of the issue. I know what he means by that. He's like, this is not just an us problem. This should be all of us. But it came off weird and then he also said, quote, the consequences are enormous. Have they been? They have not yet been. No, they haven't. So that was odd. Um, you know, he did talk about, yeah, working with the Players Association and the revamped program on how to handle domestic violence accusations. But yeah, kudos to Barkley for asking it. I mean, I can't believe people had to find out whether this was scripted. Mm-hmm. This is Charles fucking Barkley. <laughs> Nothing is scripted, guys. Nothing. Um <laughs> at all. No, I, I get it. Maybe Silver <laughs> comes in point. and they want to go over, oh, these are good questions. Not with Barkley, but um, Katie Heindel, I said, I saw on Twitter, had a good point too. Just the fact that this was out there in a in front of a big audience who otherwise, otherwise may not like give this a second thought usually is something there. So uh, again, Barkley coming through at least asking the question and did Silver handle it well? I don't think so. No. Um, he should have been prepared for it. You are sitting down with Charles Barkley. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's like the consequences are enormous was the biggest like, what? No. They haven't no, yet no, been. No, they haven't yet been. I, and you're right. It's These are accusations and allegations, and you got to let the legality, you know, play out. But it's also your league. And, you know, as we talked about with the Kevin Porter Jr. thing, like he's moved in a deal that helps both teams. And this guy, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a bad look overall, but yeah, good on Chuck. Gives the impression that the league does not care about these yeah. incidents, but Charles Barkley does. Um, yeah. it, it probably shouldn't be Charles Barkley's responsibility no. uh, to do that, but on the first night of the NBA season to actually ask that question, I thought was awesome of him. 
Next one here from Variety. New York Knicks signed jersey patch deal with the Las Vegas Sphere. Is this news? <laughs> I don't think this is news. No? But I love it. Okay. Because my kids had a fun run uh, recently mm-hmm. at their school, and Laura and I donated some money to it, but we donated enough money that we got to get sponsorship status, so we used the No Dunks logo and everything. Oh, wow. And this is the exact same. <laughs> <laughs> this is the exact same at a billion-dollar level. Right. James Dolan, the owner of the Knicks and the owner of the Sphere, said, hey, I'm advertising my cool arena. I'll put it on my shirt because I like the look of my logo on my shirt. <laughs> I totally identify with that. Uh, the Sphere. The Sphere is cool, but this logo is not very cool. No. We could do better than that, can't we? It's a diaphragm. <laughs> Looks like a swim cap, like you said uh, before we went on the air. Uh, yeah, the Sphere logo, it's going to appear on the Knicks home and away game jerseys, as well uh, as well as on the club's practice jersey and warm-up shirts. And I guess uh, the jersey sold at Madison Square Garden's in-arena retail locations will also feature that Sphere logo. Um, I didn't really realize that the Knicks were one of four teams that played without a jersey partner last season. Didn't know that. They had Squarespace for a while, but didn't have one last year. Um, So, yeah, Yeah, Dolan owns the Sphere. He's like, why not slap it on there? Uh, This has already happened in the NBA in in reading about this. Mickey Arison, the Carnival Cruise Line, is now on the Heat uniforms. There you go. He owns both of those. So, uh, (laughs) you know, Dolan just following suit here. But, (laughs) yeah. Uh, According to Sportico, the NBA's top three jersey sponsorships generated roughly $100 last season in total. Top three, the Warriors, the Nets, and the Lakers. I guess Dolan was looking for $30 million for a patch from a company, and nobody was willing to go that far, so he said, we'll take the sphere. Nobody went for that, huh? I know. That's kind of surprising. Uh, a little bit. Considering the Nets are so high on I, the sponsorship deal. Yeah. Uh, funny, funny quote here from a CNBC article, too. Guy's name is Bob Dorfman, which is all right. Okay. <laughs> he's a sports marketing analyst and creative director at Pinnacle Advertising. Anyway, he's asked about this and he says, quote, the sphere is the entertainment entity of the future. The attention it's getting, it's spectacular. It's a mind boggling venue. The Knicks certainly could use the attention and clout of a facility like that. End quote. <laughs> all right. Easy, Bob. I mean, it's cool. It looks awesome. I want to go. But he's saying, like, this is a good, this is incredible for the Knicks, man, that they are going to. They're going to bring in so many arena fans into the NBA. (laughs) What is he talking about? (laughs) Just uh, architecture lovers. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, I didn't know about the Knicks and basketball. I love the sphere, though, so let's tune in. Uh, I hate designing my own website, but I love a premium audio experience. (laughs) I'm a Knicks fan now. Yeah. Do you think uh, potentially we'll see the Knicks play in the sphere? Well, somebody's got to play in the sphere, so you would assume it's the Knicks get first dibs. Yeah, I mean, the Knicks should really try in this in-season tournament, and then we could have the games there in Vegas. I mean, eventually, you have to imagine they'll be there. Yeah, why not? That'd be awesome. (laughs) That'd be sick. (laughs) All right, next headline here, final one from Front Office Sports. Uh, Netflix enlists LeBron and Peyton Manning for NBA player-focused series. Is this news? Yeah, this is news. LeBron, Peyton Manning, and the Obamas. Yeah, that's what a right. combo! Yeah, that's right. They all coming together, companies. Yeah, to make a show about NBA players, I will watch it if LeBron is in it. Mm, that's I want to see question. his routine. I want to see how he spends a million dollars on his body. Yeah, you think he'll be in it? I don't know. Loves a narrative. He does. He does indeed. Patrick Mahomes was in the quarterback one, and that guy's like the biggest star in the NFL. 
Yeah, uh, this is based off this idea. Uh, Netflix's eight-part quarterback was the series. Followed three quarterbacks, uh, Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs, Kirk Cousins of the Vikings, and uh, Marcus Mariota Mm -hmm. um, of the then Atlanta Falcons uh, during the 22 NFL season. Did you watch a second of it? No. I watched an episode or two. Yeah. It was fine. Fine. And then I was like, okay. You know, I, I I put it on. Nora's sitting beside me. I'm like, oh, this is going to be cool. Like some of these sports docs or whatever, docuseries, they are great. And she'll get into them. This one didn't hook her. Nah. Nah. So then it was, see you later. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. We got to watch like, a tennis I was like, nah, doc. I don't want to watch this by myself. Yeah. Oh, the Tour de France one. That one's pretty fun. A lot of docs out there. There's a lot of a docs. A lot of docs. Okay. But you're going to watch this as long as uh, LeBron is It'll involved. depend on the, the personnel involved. We'll see who they draft. I was going to ask you, like, could you give me NBA comparisons for for Mahomes, Cousins, and Marcus Mariota? <laughs> okay. I don't, uh, okay. Mahomes, let's go with Nikola Jokic. Okay. Current best players in the league. They play uh, a style unique to them as well. You see Mahomes throw passes that you've never seen anybody else throw, yep. as does Nikola Jokic. Okay. Okay, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the Kirk Cousins uh, of the NBA? <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Pascal Siakam, Kirk Cousins. Okay. Pretty good player. Sure. Not the greatest player. Can lead their team to a playoff berth. Maybe not all the way. Okay. So somewhere in the middle. Okay. <laughs> all right. And then... I don't know how it relates spin move wise. <laughs> and then who is Marcus Mariota? Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> that one is indeed a tough one. Like, what's what's his story even? Like, he was a. I think he won the Heisman uh, when he was in college for Oregon, but he has not been a was, great NFL player. And he I was think... drafted second overall. You're yeah. right. Okay, so he struggled here in the league. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. He's not James Wiseman. Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> okay, so would you watch an NBA show that followed Jokic, Siakam, and Markel Fultz? I'd watch the Jokic set- episode. I would watch that. Yeah. I'd like to, I don't mind the, the, how we did that. I don't mind the levels <laughs> of those players. Yeah. I, I think there's something there. Uh, all right, that is this news. Uh, we got another fun segment here, though. Connect 5, which oh. we've done once before. Explain it, though. I'll give you five NBA players. You tell me how they're related. Oh, God. Simple. Oh, simple yeah, stuff. It's simple, Skates. but it's not. It's, it's tough. simple, considering it could be anything. Yeah. <laughs> Literally anything that connects these people. Okay. Uh, here are your five roster slots for today. Wilt Chamberlain, Michael Jordan, Elgin Baylor, Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving. <laughs> what do these five players have in common? Okay. Um, just say them one more time. Wilt. Wilt, Jordan, Elgin Baylor. Anthony Davis and Kyrie. I mean, it's it's not as easy as scoring over a particular number of points in a game. It is sixty point games. Like they've all had some massive ones. Oh, you're making a reaction to that. <laughs> I will. Oh, oh. I will allow this. Uh, they all. I'm gonna. Uh, they all scored over fifty on an opening night. Oh, am I right? Nailed it. Yes. Five yes! players ever have scored fifty or more in a season opener. Wilt is the most fifty-six points in the 1962 season opener 
the San Francisco Warriors versus the Detroit, maybe Pistons, maybe not. <laughs> Jordan did it twice, 54 in the 89 season opener, 50 in the 86 season opener, then 52 for Elgin Baylor back in 1959, 50 for Anthony Davis in 2016, and 50 for Kyrie Irving in his first game with the Brooklyn Nets I remember that. That's why I went with that, because I think yep. I just saw a clip going around of like, yeah, Kyrie scored 50 in his yeah. first Nets game, and I was like, oh yeah, I remember talking about that. Uh, yeah, wasn't I couldn't remember the AD one, but if felt like something he could have done. Then obviously the other guys yep. are Big buckets. Yes. Good one. That was faster nice. than the last one. Yep. Connect five. All right. Good stuff. Uh, let's take our final break. Uh, when we come back, Magic Johnson is back, baby. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy, and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, Row or ride at home or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Yeah, Tweet of the Night. We got two of them for you. First one, from the Nuggets, at Nuggets. In all its glory with the Emoji Championship ring, here is a video of the new Nuggets Championship ring. What do you think about this, Trey Kirby? This thing is sick. Yeah, I they don't had mind showed it. us like a preview ring before, and it looked pretty low key. And then they came out with this <laughs> suckers. I love how much gold is in it. The nuggets, you know, gold nuggets. Yep. And I love the pinky ring that pulls out from the side with the little banner on it. That looks incredible. Yeah, and you know they got the altitude on there as well. Absolutely, <laughs> fifty-two eighty, boy. There it is. Uh, yeah, and this little part is neat, where you can like spin that little thing yeah. on the top of the ring, and then the blue comes in. That looks. 
pretty damn sharp. Yeah. That's a nice looking ring there. It's a so, nice uh, ring. Good stuff uh, from uh, Jason of Beverly Hills. You've done it again, Jason. <laughs> Jason. Uh, what a craftsman. Was there any horse references on there? Yeah, uh, that would have been cool. Yeah, like do you a think... horseshoe? <laughs> oh, that would have been neat for Jokic, yeah. yeah. Or do you think he gives them to the horses? Do all the horses get a ring? <laughs> they don't have fingers, man. They got hooves. Maybe bigger ones that you slide on their... Wow, a hoof-sized <laughs> ring? <laughs> Jason could do it. <laughs> Jason could do anything, man. <laughs> all right, so that's good stuff. We are thumbs up, I guess, on the uh, Denver Nuggets rings. Any uh, any thoughts on the uh, the whole championship um, cele- uh, celebration and the banner going up and all that? Uh, two takeaways from me. Yeah. Uh, favorite quote was when Aaron Gordon took the mic and was like, yo, yo, <laughs> yo. <laughs> I think that's how I'm going to enter the Classic Factory from now on. <laughs> Yo, yo, yo. He also had quite the fit coming through the tunnel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Chest out. I, I wore a cardigan today. I was thinking about going bare chest, but I don't know if enough people saw D'Angelo Russell's oh, look as well. I and you know, Didn't want to show the hamburger meat. The other <laughs> takeaway I had was the Nuggets championship banner said NBA champions. Not, not world. world champions. Whoa. It did not. Did not say that. I didn't even notice that. Uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty good overall. I thought it was like pr- fairly quick too. Oh yeah, felt toy- like fifteen minutes. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, the whole clip's up on YouTube. Yeah, I think it is fourteen or fifteen minutes. Uh, it was good. It was solid. That's how you do it. And the crowd was into it, especially for an early start for that Denver crowd. Uh, the second tweet of the night, it's from Magic Johnson. <laughs> oh yeah, he tweeted last night. Tonight we learned the world champion Denver Nuggets are going to be very tough to beat in the NBA playoffs. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. He thinks they're going to be tough. And to get it out he there. did go world champion, not NBA champion. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. That's a great great so, point. He spits in the eye. Do you agree? Of people that... Uh, are they world champions? That they're going to be tough to beat in the NBA playoffs? Oh, absolutely. I, I 100% agree. I absolutely agree. And but he said it first, so that's his, his uh, take. <laughs> Thanks, Magic. Good to have you Otherwise, back. Otherwise, you're just copying Magic. Oh, you think the Nuggets are good in the playoffs? Pfft, heard it. Jeez. Magic did it. You're going to get third-degree burn with that take, though. That's a hot take there, Magic. <laughs> Holy crap. Slow down. Not on the first night. Save some in the chamber, man. Uh, all right, there's Tweet of the Night. Uh, the Nuggets rings and Magic Johnson back in our life. We'll call it there. Trying to keep the shows a little tighter this year. But don't worry. Tomorrow's show will be like 90 minutes because we have 12 games on. It's a chunky. You got John Mayer. I didn't realize it's a solo acoustic arena tour. Yeah. How does that work? <laughs> we, I'll let you know. Wow, man. <laughs> I think I'll have a chance to check in on some of these games. Tonight. <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> a buddy of mine went to the first time around with uh, John Mayer. And? Said it was amazing. It must be. Like, yeah. He got some nerve just to be playing an acoustic guitar. <laughs> and this is his second time through. And now? the same show. Wonderwall. Oh, God. Your Don't body stop. is a wonder wall. Your body is a wonder wall, man. I hope yeah, he plays that. That's how I ended up going tonight, JD. I had a friend go uh, in March as well. I was like, hey, John Mayer was awesome. Yeah. Do you guys want to go? We're like, yeah, of course. Little did I know it would be on the second night of the NBA season, <laughs> yeah. the fifth episode of Survivor. Oh, God. Jeez. We got Survivor tonight. We'll be back with no buffs tomorrow. Um, that'll be at 1 p.m. Though we, We're going to have to watch Survivor tomorrow, probably, yeah. after our show. So. We'll say 1 p.m. now. Maybe it gets pushed back a little bit. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of TV on tonight. Which of these NBA matchups are you looking forward to tonight? Uh, Wemby. Of course. That's number I one on be, my list. I will be full-on Maverick Spurs. That's a 9.30 p.m. Eastern start. Yeah. And that's why we're going to be on playback before that for some of the uh, 7 o'clock starts, balancing around uh, on League Pass. So come, come hang with me 
and Trey Kirby uh, chiming in from uh, from the State Farm Arena <laughs> with John Mayer by his side. Uh, yeah, we'll have some fun. So uh, that link is in the show notes already. Look at me yeah, already including it. So uh, click over to that, join our room, and then, uh, yeah, if you have League Pass, you'll be able to actually just straight up watch the game. Some of you use this as a second screen experience, me just sort of commenting on the games, talking to the stream, and all that. But uh, a lot of fun last night in our little pregame party. Our little warm-up for the game. So yeah, join we me found tonight. a new uh, season opening tradition. We did, yes. Watching the old clip of the starters dancing to the inside the <laughs> NBA theme song. <laughs> I was in tears, JD. We watched it last night. We had it up on the screen on playback. And, uh, I mean, I it always forget how funny it, it is. It holds up. You think there's no way I'm watching eight minutes of this. <laughs> you watch all eight minutes. Oh, uh, man. Every shot of Tass. <laughs> Every shot, yeah. he's inventing a new he's dance move. <laughs> he's shaking his glasses. Glasses look hilarious. And then, like, yeah, you hit a little patch where you come up with some zipper moves. I start doing a bird man at some oh, point, a little man. hot feet at some point. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. We really, we really explored the studio space, as I said on hundred percent. Yeah, I showed it to Rachel a couple of months ago, and she was like, "What? What, what is happening here?" And then I was like, "Well, because it's a deep cut, it's the." It's, it's the- inspired by a guy who danced for an hour to, <laughs> to the Becker, Becker theme song. The Becker? Fucking, you thought I was talking about the Fonz. What about Becker? <laughs> but you watch that and you go, oh my god, that's so funny too. Anyways, The percentage of people that knew that reference though? Oh, so low. Like three people? Yeah. And, yeah. it's, and they were all on the set dancing. <laughs> yeah, yes. It was everybody out there. Uh, anyway, we have that up on YouTube. Uh, maybe I'll drop that in the show notes sure. as well. Yeah, if you it. want to go watch us uh, in 2015 wow. at halftime. That's when it was. For right? eight straight minutes, wow. we were dancing to the Inside the NBA theme song in big gray puffer jackets and glasses. <laughs> And we just don't say a word. I mean, Lee talks for one second, and I say one thing, and I shoot a confetti gun. Uh, it's, mm, it's amazing. It's good. Yeah, that is our new tradition. We have to start every yep. season with watching that. Uh, all right, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. Leave your boys a five-star rating and review. Make sure you like, subscribe here on YouTube. We'll see you tomorrow morning or tonight on Playback. Till then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. Not only was John Mayer on Throw It Down with Bill Walton last season. Oh, yeah. He also has a guitar made from the Madison Square Garden Patrick Ewing era floor. Because he sold out MSG twice. So he's a hoops head. Come on, no dunks. <laughs> Come on, no dunks, John Mayer. Race the day, people. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.